from Fresh Air Studios in Plymouth, this is In Conversation With, the podcast from Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce, presented by Stuart Elford. With special guests, Toby Gorniak, MBE from Street Factory. Every business should give back, and that's giving back in your time, giving back in money, giving back in equipment, in knowledge. Everyone should give back to your local community. And Catherine Askew-Smith of City Fibre. We're going to connect just over 100,000 homes and businesses by 2025. And nationally, we're connecting 8 million homes and about 800,000 businesses. Hello there, I'm Stuart Elford, Chief Executive of Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce with another edition of our In Conversation With podcast where we speak to interesting characters from around Devon. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Toby Gorniak, MBE from Street Factory. Or should yeah. I call you Toby G? Toby G, yes. Where does Toby <laughs> G come from? I never kind of came up with a hip-hop name. I did have one before when I used to do break-in. Is it one we can say? Yeah, so... It's uh, not rude you, or anything. No, 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 no. I used to could be called Bebo Styles. Bebo Styles. Styles, yes. Yeah, so a lot of my dance moves were mixing all different styles okay. so I never will stick into one genre I'll mix it all up right then Toby G Toby G and my wife came up and called me Toby G we were going to workshops doing stuff in school and she was like do you need a name why am I going to just Toby G because Toby Gorniak so just use the first letter and Toby G and sounds cool so it was good maybe I should be Stewie E yeah I could be <laughs> Stewie E but you're not getting me dancing yeah. there is a rumour that at the chamber we're going to take on TikTok as another channel nice. to try and reach out further because yeah, yeah. we don't want to be stuffy and old fashioned and old men in suits that's it you gotta gotta step up me dancing will put people (laughs) off for life I think so many people will have heard of Street Factory because of everything you've done I mean it's largely down to you but what actually is that and how did it come to be Street Factory is a company that's there to help our community and that's to help people achieve the goals the dreams the hopes help people from mental health help people with bad difficult situations they're in and just be a guidance a support and encouragement sometimes so our company is based on the five elements which is respect peace love unity and having fun and that's something me and my wife and our family lives by and we share that with everybody else in the community and with street factory something that never ends is a kind of title for us where the, the projects never end we don't do projects we kind of continue mm. so a lot of people been with us now 12 13 14 15 years and they're still coming back with the children now with them having jobs traveling around the world sharing the stories with others and like one of our young people won the BBC Young Dancer show. And then whenever wow. he's in the area, he comes back and shares his knowledge with the next dancers. Brilliant. Because when do you get to meet the guy who won BBC Young Dancer? Yeah. And he's incredible. Now this young man is on tour around the world. So young people look up to him and aspire and say, I could do that. That's it, because he came from the same place we did. Yeah. And it just opens many, many doors. You know, we have a young lady now who is training to be a bus driver. And that yeah. was her dream job. Do you know what I mean? It's phenomenal to actually give someone the opportunity to have their dream job. Yeah. We got plasterers, electricians, singers rappers, DJs, graffiti artists. So a lot of people maybe presume to be with Street Factory means you have to do hip-hop stuff. Well, this is what I yeah. got to admit. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it's all about the dance. Yes, yeah, so it's all about the mindset. Right. So what we give you is a mindset that's outside the box. Right. You, whenever you work anywhere, you will always think and behave outside the box, which means you see things in a different perspective. Mm. You see things more in a creative perspective and you know you can do so much more. Mm. So, I mean, I think about the dancing probably because it's one of the most visual things we've seen yes. everywhere. I think 
Yeah. I saw you at the Plymouth Together dinner for the Kiam Community Fund. Yes. And you had two of your young dancers there doing a dance that I always remember they called I Love You. And I yes. came up to you afterwards and said, you made a grown man cry. It yeah, was just... It was beautiful. I've got to be honest, I thought, hip-hop, that's not my thing. I'll just sit yeah. here and be polite during it. It was amazing. Thank it was you. so powerful and it was beautiful. Thank you. It was beautiful. These two young dancers got together and created a piece that meant something. Mm. And I think that's what hip-hop is really great at. It creating something beautiful and changing people's minds. And how did they go about that? What did they get out of that? Why was that important to them? So for those young kids, because they know there are kids in Kim who are really struggling. Mm. So we work with Kim, we support Kim area, and they had the pleasure to meet some of the kids, had a chat and stuff like that. And it's all about, once you know, you got to do something about it. So in Street mm. Factory, we got something like stand up and be counted. Mm -hmm. If you feel something, if you feel empathy, you have to follow through with action. Mm. You can't just feel something and then go have a cup of tea. So what we believe is, if you feel something, do something about it. Mm. And how do you do that? So dance is one So you've got medium. dance, you've got rapping, you've got poetry, you've got DJing, graffiti, film, photography. It just goes on in a creative aspect. You can do so many beautiful things. And is this open to everyone? Is it young people only? Is it from a particular area? No. Do you run lessons? How do people get involved? Yeah, Street Factory does a lot of things. So we run a lot of sessions, programs, but there are ongoing things that we run. My youngest person I've been teaching so far was 87. <laughs> yeah. The youngest is 87. The youngest, 87. She was 87 incredible. years young. Yeah, so she turned up to Street Factory because we put a call out because we were part of the Mayflower 400. Yeah. And she said, oh, I'd love to be part of it. So we put out a call out because we wanted some of the older generation to come in and get involved and not to feel that they can't. Yeah. We really wanted to break that barrier and we did. It was incredible. So her name right now is Hip Hop Hillary. Hip Hop Hillary. So she's been blessed with being called Hip Hop Hillary. She's been on BBC, ITV with me, performances, newspapers. She's did incredible incredible things Brilliant. and she inspired so many to think you're never too late never too yeah. old never but in society we have this belief you know hit a certain age behave do you know what I mean pack it in yeah I'm still um, waiting for that age to hit me yeah I'm never, <laughs> I, I never behave I'm surprised I've lasted this long to be yes. honest and then we work as young as the babies because if you bring babies into the environment that they're used to yeah. it to them becomes normal so dancing performing showcasing talking with others sharing with others performing to others yeah. becomes normal and then kids grow up really confident. And do you do this in one place? Is there a building? Is there Yeah, so we've got our own building in Sorry Street, just in Mill Bay, yeah. right next to Body Lines Gym. Big shout out to Body Lines Gym. Um, <laughs> Paid advertising slots are it. available. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> just down the road by these guys because they've been based there for years. Yeah. We've got two massive units. It's beautiful inside. Outside you'll see massive green wings and that was part of what happened in the city so to celebrate, to kind of make people aware we're together mm. in this. And then on the other side we've got a big graffiti piece that's a street factory and black and white can't miss it you walk through these doors and yeah a new world starts Brilliant. a new world starts yeah and how can people find out more you got a website all our social media yeah, we've got a website streetfactory.com mm -hmm. or all our facebook twitter insta tiktok LinkedIn everywhere. Just look for Street Factory. You'll find us. Your name is certainly out there. That is for certain. You don't mind me asking. You came to us UK as a refugee yourself, yes, indeed, didn't yeah. you? So yes. where did you come from and what brought you to Plymouth specifically? Originally, we came from Poland. I was mm. born in Poland. But as a Roman gypsy, we traveled all over the place. Right. If I lived in Poland. That was like a base mm. that we lived but we traveled for work and everything else all around the countries and mm. around the world. And we came to England due to the racism that was happening in our city. It was getting wow. so bad. My mom was really worried for in us. In Poland? In Poland, yeah, in our city. The racism was getting so bad. She was really worried that, you know, one of our sons might die because of what's mm. happening. Literally instant kicked in and she said, I have to do something and get my kids out of here. So she rang up her brother in London who sent us some money. Literally that evening, chucked us in a cab and we went. Wow. And then we arrived in England. Okay. It was 
literally that fast. Wow. And you would think with everything that's happened to Poland as a country that it wouldn't suffer racism and sort of right-wing extremism, but it does. It does. I mean, Europe is really known for it. People are trying to change it. People are trying to make a better place there, but it's still there. It's still still really strong. And so you got over to London, I guess, and what yes. brought you down west? So what happened was, it was the kind of luck of the universe draw kind of thing. What happened which was, we turned up to London, they put us in this campsite, kept us there for two weeks. My mum fought every day for them to release us to the country for us to start a new chapter and a new journey. And after that, they did. And when they did, they just moved us to Plymouth. So they didn't ask you where you want to go. They just placed you. For some reason, we were placed in Plymouth. And you were happy about it? Oh, blessed, blessed, yeah. definitely. Um, never looked back since. And now, right now, of course, Plymouth is my home. It's the first place where I actually felt welcome, where I felt part of the community. Oh, it's almost like you read my questions, which you genuinely haven't. <laughs> so my next question was, has Devon been welcoming to you oh. or could we have done more? Oh, definitely. At the beginning, it's definitely has been really tough because especially I didn't speak English. I had my own presumptions. I didn't even think about that. So you yeah. didn't even speak the language. I didn't even speak the language. So, And then I had my own presumptions about white people. Do you know what I mean? I thought all white people are the same. Wherever country you go to, right. they hate you because you're different. Right. That was my presumption till I went to Lipson Community College and my teacher there was an incredible woman. Totally changed my mind. Totally taught me some incredible lessons. Not to have these prejudgments, but because people had so many prejudgments about me, I created my own about them. Right. And then later during school, I've learned that that was just few people. That wasn't the whole country. Yeah. That wasn't the whole nation. That wasn't the whole white race. That was just the few people that I've met that yeah. weren't nice. You don't mind me asking, if I get the terminology wrong, I really, really apologise because yeah. I am hopeless at this, but what would you describe your heritage as? So, so my heritage is Roman Gypsy. But would you say you're black or do you just say I'm Roman Gypsy? To, to us, Roman Gypsy. So Roman Gypsies look like me. Right. That's what I would use. Because you've got darker skin. Yes, yes. And it's okay yeah. to say yeah, that? Yeah, yes, it's yes, not definitely. No, it's not. No, it's not. Totally <laughs> I genuinely cool. try and say the right thing. I know what you mean. Um, no, not a problem. Okay. So you came to Plymouth. Yeah. And when did you meet your wife? I met Joe at the Theatre Royal when we we worked at TR2. So okay. I was teaching at TR2. She was teaching at TR2. And on my first meeting at TR2, it was kind of my last year there. It was my third year at TR2. I kind of didn't want to go back mm. because I wanted to do this big thing for the kids. And always at the end of the year, it kind of felt a bit like, oh, a bit flat. And mm. I felt a bit gutted for the kids. Because then, it had come to an end. and It always yeah. comes to the end. Hence why Street Factory doesn't do that. That's why we don't do projects. We do a continuous. So, right. yeah, we might start with funding and run a project. The funding runs out. We continue. We know the importance of the project. Yeah. All there is a exit route for the young people, the people that we work with. Mm. We will make sure there's something for them. It isn't just close the doors, goodbye. Okay. Still to come, Catherine Askew-Smith of City Fibre. The Exeter end of the line as far as the M5 is concerned and the trains, when they're running, they're frankly disproportionately expensive. We need something else because the Southwest has such other brilliant resources and frankly, we've just got nicer views than pretty much anywhere else in the country, haven't we? Follow the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce on Twitter at Chamber underscore Devon and search for us on LinkedIn. Make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Hit subscribe now. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you there. You were saying to me earlier, before we started recording, that you have a programme called Hip Hop Antidote, which is about yes. positive mental health, and the funding for that's coming to an end. So yes, we'll come back to Joe in a minute. Sorry, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Tell me about Hip Hop Antidote. What was that about? So Hip Hop Antidote was a programme funded by the government, and it was about building back better. And it's all about the mental health and everything that's happening, and the NHS is flooded. They couldn't cope before. And mm. imagine this. We struggled as with the NHS, with the mental health in our country before. Mm. So imagine what happened after COVID. 
our NHS support and everything else and all the doctors and all the mental health nurses and stuff, they were just flooded. So they came up with, we need some grassroots organizations to help out because they were doing their job anyway. Yeah. I mean, my organization during COVID, we've helped thousands, literally thousands of people during COVID. And we weren't trained or paid no. or asked to do this. But guess what? We're part of the community. We had to step up and help our people. And then this opportunity came up. So we took part with the Plymouth City Council. They were incredible supporting us with a bit of writing and everything else and make sure it's all done properly. It was incredible. Incredible. And how did you do that? Because during pandemic lockdown, I guess you couldn't physically see people. No, everything went online. So literally in 24 hours, I've learned how to go online yeah. on literally every platform there was. So yeah. I spent 24 hours just learning. Yeah. Amazing YouTube, just learning, learning. And then from there, we went straight onto Facebook because we knew that was a platform that most of our people yeah. used, which was really accessible and mm. it was free, which was incredible. Then we realized a lot of our people didn't have the gear no. to be able to access us. There's a lot of digital poverty in yeah. the city, isn't there? So yeah. then we applied to a couple of local organizations for some funding we received the funding then we bought a couple iPads laptops computers to give them to the families then we found out some of the families didn't even have internet so the incredible thing we did we spoke to the neighbours and say could we pay half and could they use your internet because the BT and everybody weren't walking around installing new internet no, of course they no, no. so people had to share which was incredible the kindness of people's neighbours I was going to say I bet many of them didn't charge oh it was incredible yeah. it wasn't the kindness and support of people it was incredible so then a lot of our people could get on there do the school work talk to the family Families. A lot of people haven't seen the families for like months. So we were really blessed that we could do that for our people. Fantastic. And so the funding for that's coming to an end, but yeah. you're seeking more. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've recorded everything, what we've done, what we've created, how many people came through the program, how many people succeeded, what they did, where they are and where they're going. And... 90% of people that came to the program are now in employment or training, which is phenomenal. And some of them are like bus drivers. I wonder how that happened. Oh, Could incredible. that be to do with Richard at Oh, all? of course, of course, <laughs> of course. So yeah, I was really lucky that I have a good relationship with Richard and then I could ring up and then... It's hard not to have a good relationship yeah, with Richard, Yeah, he's brilliant, he's, he's brilliant. Yes, yeah. definitely. So that's how she got into it. Then we've got a young man who is a white goods delivery man. That yeah. was his dream job. He said, Toby, I would love just to deliver goods. I did it a couple of times, but it was never a sustainable job. It was more like whenever they needed me. But now he's got a full-time paid job. So he's like in heaven right now. Brilliant. Then we've got plasters, electricians, gardeners, musicians, artists, DJs, dancers. The list just goes on. And they're all now in full employment, getting paid, loving Brilliant. life, and back on their feet. That's the main thing for me. All these people are now resilient enough to cope and deal with life. That is fantastic. Do you know, the biggest buzz I got in the last year or two was actually us running a Kickstart program for young people. And we got 430 young people wow. to do Kickstart programs, 16 to 24 year olds that nice. were far from employment. And at the end of it, 75% of them either went into full-time employment or back into education. Wow. And I think that's just such a result. It brings a tear to my because it was something really positive and tangible that I could look at. Yes. So what you do, you must get a real buzz from it. Oh, like a real it's incredible. feeling. It's incredible, especially when they come back and go, like what well, one of the girls works for MS. She came back last week. She said, Toby, they took me on full time. Brilliant. That was just incredible. She was buzzing. So that's her life changed. Yeah, this young girl didn't work, didn't have the opportunity because COVID happened. She was 16. So she never had the opportunity to go and have work experience or mix mm. with people or anything like that. And then after COVID, she was like, What am I going to do with my life? I don't know enough. I haven't learned and studied and so then we came across and worked together with Printers Trust and the opportunity came up and she went for like a work experience thing. Right. And then they said, oh, we've got like a three month 
work experience. So you can come and work, get paid and see what happens. And we were like, girl, go for it. So we supported her and everything. And then just imagining when that girl came first to us, she had a panic attack. She was crying. She was afraid to walk into the building mm. and everything else that she went through just to come and see us. And she saw us on social media and she was like, wow, I need to go and see them. Brilliant. So she came and saw us and then incredible. Then she comes in guys, I've got the job buzzing, bubbling, chatting to everybody. It's just incredible when you give people the right support. Right. It's inspirational. I read your mission is to help people discover their individual genius, exceed their potential, and fall in love with their purpose. Yes. That's brilliant. Where did that come from? My wife. My wife's incredible words, but as well, this came from because the people we work with. That is actually what happens. Yeah. When you understand your purpose, when you have a dream and you achieve that dream, and then you just fall in love with it, and you just love life. It's just beautiful when that happens. That's fantastic. we said we'd come back to Joe. So yes. you met Joe at TR2. Yes, my incredible Joanna. So my third year at the TR2, I'm walking in. Imagine everyone sat down. I'm five minutes late. So I'm walking into the room and everyone turned around and went, oh. And Joe saw that. Why? Because of? Just because of where I am and what I represent. So people went, oh. And Joe saw that and thought, wow, this is not nice. Mm. So she got up, gave me her seat, said, do you want to sit down my seat? And I could see she's a bit, bit annoying. I was like, oh, okay, I'll take a seat. I'll sit <laughs> yeah. down. Do you know what I mean? I was a bit shocked because yeah. in my culture, still quite old-fashioned, which was you get the lady's seat. Yeah. And she gave me her seat. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is weird. <laughs> I went, okay, I'll take a seat. So I did. And she went and grabbed the seat and sat next to me and started talking. And then we became really good friends because she loves hip-hop. I'm into hip-hop. It was really, really good. We were really good friends for a year. We worked together at Theatre Row. And then one day something changed and we were like, I was like, I like this girl. Right. I got to go and tell her. So I went and knocked on the door and I said, in my culture, we don't do girlfriends. We get married. So I'll just come here to ask you if you would marry me. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> I'm guessing she said yes. She said yes, there married. and then. And I said, I know in your culture, you have boyfriends, you build that relationship. Yeah. And I thought, because we knew each other for a year, yeah, we kind of knew each other. That. We yeah. didn't need to do that. So I felt like that was our boyfriend-girlfriend time, the kind of yeah. way. And then it was like, yeah. And then the world changed from there which was incredible. It certainly did. And you've got quite a few kids, haven't you? Yes, we have six children together. Six. Yeah, we've got so six. So it's obviously worked out all right. <laughs> six amazing kids. Yeah, incredible journey. Something's always happening. Something's always fun and exciting and a bit silly, which is really great. Yeah, really enjoying that. And you obviously like kids and young people because am I right? You've joined the board of City College? Yes. Tell me about that. So how did that come about? And yes. What do you feel you're doing there? Oh, incredible. So I'm one of the governors in City College. Yep. And it's incredible because I feel I bring the voice of the people. And I feel I can make a huge difference to the young people's experience, knowledge, and everything that they experience in the college. So already I've been involved in quite a few meetings. They're kind of structured meetings, how they're going to structure the college, where's it going, what's happening. And I'm really, one thing i got to say, big respect to them because my voice is being heard, mm. which is beautiful because I'm seeing changes already. But it'd be pointless having you there if they didn't listen to your voice. That's it. But lots of times that happens. You, you were worried you it was board? tokenism. Yeah. Tick box. That's We've it. We've got someone a bit different, a bit of That's diversity. It. But it's actually beautiful when you see it happening. And it's happening. It's phenomenal. And the head is incredible. She's incredible a woman mm. Jackie great, Grubb yeah great yeah. powerhouse she is yeah incredible and she's getting things done and she's mm. changing the way education is mm. which for me is beautiful because that's what I want to see yeah that's really interesting so we've bid to be a local skills improvement plan for the area which will bring all the colleges yeah. all the employers together and we must get you involved in that because we'd like to hear your voice in that as well I think you're very honest you're very authentic you're not doing it for the letters you're not doing it no. for the glory you care about these people don't you you actually definitely. want to make a difference definitely for me I 
actually had a discussion with my team today, this morning. Many people that don't know my story, I was a child who was never seen, never heard. I wasn't wanted, I wasn't accepted within mm. the society I lived in. And I needed a brother, I needed a father, I needed a mother, I needed a friend, I needed a neighbor, I needed someone who inspired me. I didn't have those things. So I've become those things because I know that's what people need. So now I am those things for the people who haven't got somebody. And that is what inspires me because I have a privilege and an honor to live the life I live today. I am rich beyond words and beyond money. I've got great family, I've got great community, and I love what I do every day. I want to give that to others. I want others to know that there is an opportunity for you to live your dream and to live a very happy life. Bloody hell, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone smoky in here again. <laughs> Flipping heck. That is amazing. I uh, Just uh, absolute respect to you for everything you do. I think it's just, just brilliant. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up in a moment, but I've got to ask a couple of quick questions. I mean, yes. one is, what can business do to help? I'm very aware I've got a large business audience. What can the yeah. Chamber do to help you? What can business do to help you and your young people and help inspire these young people? I think business for me, every business should have a community contribution. Every mm. business should give back. And that's giving back in your time, giving back in money, giving back in equipment, in knowledge. Everyone should give back to your local community. And as a lot of people said to me before, charity starts at home. Mm. So let's start at home. The start of our own city. That's why I love Plymouth so much. That's why I give back so much to my city because I know charity starts at home. And what do you love about Plymouth? What is it? I love about Plymouth is the people. I love the speed of Plymouth. I love the culture. Like one of the things I love is when I walk through town and you get like hundreds of people, get on tubs, white tubs, white mate. I love that. I love that community spirit. It's still alive here in Plymouth. Yeah. Many big cities, it's not. Right. And someone I still love in Plymouth or even when you're walking down the street, you don't know the person, but if you catch eyes, you will get a little nod like, what's yeah. up? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because many city people don't even look at you. No. People on this mission head down a room. But that's something I still really love about Plymouth. I do. It has that community spirit. The village, isn't it? What's next for Toby G? We've got quite a few things. We are organising a talent competition show that's taking a winner to London to compete against everybody else in the country, which is really big for us, especially within the hip-hop scene. So that's incredible that's happening. We have a little secret thing happening soon. Oh, go on. Give Not us a dropping little... nothing but <laughs> Netflix. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, something else is happening. Hey, that's So fantastic. we've been working really, really hard behind the scenes, doing everything that we're doing. As well, I'm writing a book. So hopefully by the end of the year, the book will be finished because I wrote a program called Creating Change. Right. Now to create change in your life, you have to do these specific things to be able to do it. And sometimes I feel really frustrated that I only can get my hands on 100 or 200 people mm. that get the experience and the opportunity. So someone said to me, Toby, why don't you just write a book? Then millions of people get this opportunity. Because I was really frustrated with that. I thought, maybe I just need to go online. I just need to do something more yeah. than just these couple hundred people that I'm helping. And I'm seeing the progress and success. Yeah. So we'll be writing a book. That's fantastic. And what you've told is just absolutely inspirational. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Keep doing it. Don't leave Plymouth. We need you. I'm staying. Let us know how we can help, the Chamber particularly, but the business community. I know we'll do everything we can. We're very passionate about giving opportunity to young people. I'm passionate about Devon and Plymouth and growing our opportunities for young people. I want people to really feel like this is where it's happening and I want to stay and I want to make the place better. Yes. So let us know how we can help. And Toby G, thanks for coming in and joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Peace and love. Now, Chambermaid, introducing business owners from across the Southwest. Hello there, and welcome back to In Conversation With. This is the second part of our podcast, Chambermaid, M-A-D-E, not M-A-I-D, which is a very different thing. This is where we speak to Chamber members about their business and what's going on, and I am absolutely delighted today to be joined by Catherine Askew-Smith from City Fibre. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Stuart. 
How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. You're looking very nervous as if I'm about to grill you about something. You know I'm going to ask you an awkward question in a minute. I but, mean, I'm but apart, so. Oh, apart from that, no, no. So project manager for City Fibre, what does that mean? What do you do and how did you get into it? Yeah, so City Fibre work across... England and Scotland, we're building in 285 areas at the moment, and people like me are making sure that we're engaging well with the community and have good relationships with our key stakeholders in the patch. Right. Easy. Easy. So, Catherine, project manager for City Fibre, forgive me, but that's probably a male-dominated role. How did you get into that? Yeah, traditionally in the industry, infrastructure and comms is quite male-dominated. Actually, City Fibre has a pretty good gender balance and we're working all the time to attract more girls and women into STEM careers. I got into it by accident. I think, I hope, careers advice has come on a little (laughs) way since back when we were uh, the recipients of it. (laughs) But I kind of fell into it, honestly, and then with some great mentoring and a couple of opportunities and a sprinkle of dumb luck found out I was quite good at it got a few opportunities got trained up and I've been a project manager for just about 30 years now no way I know I look much older don't I no younger I was (laughs) going to say genuinely you don't look like you've been doing that job for 30 years I think if I did that job for 30 years I'd have no hair and be completely grey it's the best job in the world I know you dispute that but it's great no I have the best job in the world I'm very very (laughs) lucky and I genuinely I love it I'm so lucky me too so why are you so passionate about tech and fibre and stuff I think it's such a great leveller the UK has been far behind where we should have been for years for decades in 2011 when City Fibre was formed we were I think 35th in the world rankings for connectivity we're a much bigger economy than that and it's been holding us back I love what it does for education ease of communication and I really enjoy the way people innovate once they've got a great connection they don't have to think about it anymore they come up with brilliant businesses like this one that we're sat in today and well that is true they're a pretty good business they're fresh right, air studios they? they're okay these guys <laughs> so the southwest particularly has suffered with a lack of good connectivity and what is City fibre doing to address that problem well we're starting in plymouth we're building as you know we've started to the north of the city and we're going to connect just over a hundred thousand homes and businesses as we go through by 2025 and nationally we're connecting eight million homes and about eight hundred thousand businesses also by 2025 so we're along with a number of other players in the market we're bringing the rates of accessible broadband forward quite quickly now And this is super fast broadband. This is stuff you can do everything with. It's faster than that. It's It's full fibre, so it's tiny glass straws, and it's just a signal that's moving speed of light. Wow. So So um, you can carry immense amounts of data super fast. Exactly. You don't really see that loading wheel anymore. You know, when you're waiting. The whirly wheel of death, as I call it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it. That buffering and things. You're trying to get rid of that. Now, I rather rudely blame you for all the roadworks in the city, but it's not entirely true, is it? You're not doing all the roadworks. No. We work with Oakway, a great local business who are our build partner, and they've got an excellent approach and reputation for their traffic management and sites around the city. Although, inevitably, there is some disruption when we're digging up a street, we tend to move through and clean up behind us as quickly as possible and move on to the next area there's necessarily some disruption though if it was easy someone else would already have done it yes and to be fair you not you personally i don't think i saw you with a hard hat and a shovel but city fiber put fiber down through the bottom of my street and it was well managed quick 
clean, the area was left tidy, and that's amazing. And yeah, you can't, as they say, make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. So I'm glad you're breaking them quickly and putting the omelette together quickly, and we therefore have that full fibre technology. I know you're involved in schools as a governor, and you're an enterprise advisor, particularly interested in helping girls into STEM. Why does that matter so much to you? It's personal, as well as growing up in an industry that frankly hasn't had great representation consistently. I think that we have such a large cohort there that we haven't always tapped into. And it can be really difficult when you're at that age of building your future with your exam choices before you even know the careers are out there. So along with a great many of my colleagues and industry co-workers, we're doing our little bit to open the door and show what we do and show what a fulfilling and fun career it is. Mm. And did you have a particularly tough time yourself when you were younger? I mean, nothing to benchmark against. I started out in the care system. So there's always that slight sense that it could be taken away from you. I don't think that's ever all that far away from what drives me. But no, I mean, I had a, I think we could safely call it a bog standard comprehensive education, but didn't really get to grips with learning until after I'd finished that. Didn't go to university straight away, liked to make life nice and difficult. So was working full time and then studying and then went through to do my master's at Henley. I get loads more sleep now than I did in that period of time. So all good. You got your master's. What's your master's in? Business administration. Wow. Well, yeah, I didn't connect with education at all. I hated it. Couldn't wait to leave school. Didn't go to university. Never have. Big regret. But I wouldn't say it's too late now, but I'm kind of happy where I am now. And I don't know where I'd find the time to fit that in. So well done for doing it whilst having an actual career. And you mentioned, if you don't mind me asking, tell me a personal you know, bugger off, but you started in the care system, you said. So you were adopted? Or? Yeah, I was. So went straight from the maternity ward to foster care. But was lucky to be scooped up by my lovely mum who adopted me and also my brother. So you were brought up in a loving, supportive family. Yeah. That's lovely to know. I mean, has any of that driven you or do you think it's just naturally you to be driven to do what you do? Hard to take that apart, honestly, but there's a lot of research into adopted people and people who've grown up in the care system and we tend to be overly driven and focused on our personal performance, disproportionate to the rest of the community who've maybe not had that additional layer of complexity in the beginning yeah. you know I was lucky I got placed quickly I've been in a stable as much as any family stable but a stable <laughs> family ever since yeah. I have good relationships with my birth sisters and brother as well although we didn't grow up together we have great relationships so yeah relatively well-rounded all things considered which I don't think many people who've met me would say for sure <laughs> <laughs> no I think well it's just good that you can laugh about it and it's good that you can be so frank about it if you'd like to feature on a future episode of In Conversation With send an email to info at freshairstudios.com It's funny, I see a lot of people who are quite driven, as you say, to perform mm. and they're very harsh on their own performance, very self-critical. It's almost like we, and I include myself in this, we're trying to prove something, mm. whether it's to ourselves or to others, and we are as good as and we can and, mm. and it does drive us. I always feel like I have to earn my place at the table, even now. I mean, I honestly, absolutely lucked out with my family. They're brilliant, mm. but I still feel that I have to be on top of everything you know I wouldn't my cousins will sometimes sort of rock up and not bring a bottle of wine I can't and I get told off for it every single time but I still do it yeah. I still feel although I know that I'm you know a I see what you mean. Decade so, five into a loving family. I, I still need that. But that's just polite. And anyone who doesn't turn up with wine needs to be just, know, you're right? out of here. They yeah. my door shut. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're a mum yourself. Yeah. And you're, I understand, renovating an old 
hell so are you handy with the tools practical stuff as well as the sort of project management of other people doing it i mean i prefer bossing other people around obviously <laughs> but <laughs> becoming handier by the day so yeah i'm all right at the small stuff i've never tried the big stuff before and i'll get back to you on that in about two years so it's a long-term project then yeah and who's Look, project managing this that would be me <laughs> that would be you yeah <laughs> so what are you doing what sort of property have you bought what are you turning it into so it's two terrace cottages that are the previous owner had knocked them through and sort of run out of steam not long after that so it's no hot water at the moment which isn't ideal but it's the bare bones of what will be a lovely old building when we've brought it back to life so right now I spend my evenings Danish oiling beams that haven't been touched in four or five hundred years and learning how to line wash walls and things and talking to builders. And so outside of work and renovating a house and being a mum which I'm sure leaves you no time at all I understand you like food and travel what's your favourite place and your favourite dish? My favourite place is probably Bangkok, strolling through the weekend markets, Mm. taking in the sights and sounds and smells. And if there's recently been a downpour and you're up to your ankles in water, so much the better. Really? Why? (laughs) Well, it's just... it's An assault on the senses? Yeah, and it clears out all the other dreadful tourists like me, so I get more space to just enjoy (laughs) it. (laughs) You don't want all these tourist people... Do you know, that makes me laugh. I thought about this. I think it was the year before last, there was quite a snowfall on the moors. Mm. Not down in Plymouth. It never snows in Plymouth, unfortunately, or very rarely. And I went to take my dog Charlie up on the moors and have a walk in in the snow and all this sort of thing. And I got really irritated by all these people who were just coming up onto the moors because it was snowing and realised, actually, I'm one of these irritating people who've gone up onto the moors because it's snowing and we completely blocked off i think pretty much everything in the north of the city and your favorite dish food i love food yeah i'd find that really hard to narrow down to just the top six or seven bit of spice bit of everything yeah Yeah, yeah. love a curry made from scratch my grandfather was born in northern india was he yeah yeah there's always a bit of sort of family kind of whose secret recipe is best Ah. so yeah chuck a bit of spice on almost anything except toast given the choice yeah, yeah, well, me too. So we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, and I have to say I'm already thinking about the curry I'm going to have tonight because <laughs> Friday night is curry night. Absolutely, it's got to be. You know, curry and a beer. Yeah. Absolutely. And are you a good cook? Are you a dapan? Can you rustle up a good curry from scratch? Or? Can you say that about yourself? I mean, well, I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah. Well, okay, well, I can't judge it because I can't smell it or taste it, but can you do a curry from scratch? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you're a good cook then. Okay, you? thanks. Yeah, I'll I, take that. Well, I can't at the moment. It's something when I one day get some time, I would like to learn to do that from scratch because I love a good curry well the way my grandparents taught me to start was with Patak's curry sauce and you just put a bit of oil in the pan and stir that through and warm it up through there and then add stuff to it and you can't go far wrong I'm you not start- sure that's from scratch I meant you know no, blending uh, your own spices no as a nine year old that's how I would oh I see right so that got you into it you're yeah. not suggesting now that making no, a curry from scratch no, is, no, I'm not. is adding chicken to a sauce and heating it up <laughs> taking the film off and putting <laughs> it in the microwave yeah mode. no no yeah. <laughs> not, no. I am very tempted on occasion or I have been tempted I've never actually done it but to you know if you've got someone coming around and you really can't be bothered to cook is to get a takeout but then put it into saucepans and heat it up and make yeah, it look like you've yeah. Actually cooked it and know. sprinkle a few chili flakes around the kitchen that's for it a bit of flour here yeah, and you know, no. a smudge of something there yeah, yeah yeah they've come to see you anyway not taste the food they're not going to mention it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. So, Catherine, you have been such a fantastic supporter and advocate for the chamber. How did you get involved, and why, and what have you got out of it? Thank you. No, uh, but you are. I mean, you're such a supporter on social media. You're a supporter at our events. You've supported us with sponsorship and stuff. I mean, what do you get out of it? It's really great to have a strong and active chamber in an area where we're just starting build. You've helped us enormously several times when we've needed doors opening or pointing in the right direction, and that's very valuable. It helps us to quickly get plugged into the right community networks and do the job as best we can to meet our commercial aims and be minimally disruptive in the area. So thanks for that. No, well, thank you. It's great that you're helping our community get better connected because, as we mentioned, you know, the Southwest isn't renowned for its good physical infrastructure. And I think there's a real opportunity for the Southwest now if we get good digital infrastructure. Mm. You know, we're talking about the blue green economy, we're talking about marine autonomy, we're talking about all the amazing technologies that are here. There's talk now about making the Southwest a powerhouse, looking at aviation autonomy and aviation vertical electric mm-hmm. vertical takeoff and landing aircraft none of all this is going to happen if the businesses can't get connected which no. is i guess why you love doing it absolutely but you know the exeter end of the line as far as the m5 is concerned and the trains are when they're running they're frankly disproportionately expensive we need something else because the southwest has such other brilliant resources you know the blue green economy and the frankly we've just got nicer views than pretty much anywhere else in the country haven't we almost the world i would um, argue yeah you're probably right yeah but it just makes such a difference to have a really strong reliable connection that you can use you know we've just moved house we haven't got a connection at home yet trying to work off mobile well if you can't get it nobody can yeah no special favorites can't get a team Um, to dig up the road and put a cable across i think city fiber might have a view if i I tried to uh, <laughs> extend the network reach quite that far. Yes. But actually another small local provider is coming down my street at the moment. So we'll there are lots of ways we're getting connected in Devon and the Southwest that are good for all of us. You know, there's plenty of work out there to be done. It makes sense there's more than one company doing it. And to round up, what do you love about our region? Hopefully well, you love something about The reason region. I moved down here is because my mum retired here and I, although I still loved London, I didn't love it quite as much without her. Mm. And as a working mum, having... Nana on the doorstep for those days when it all goes horribly wrong, particularly with the M5, was gold dust. And then I got to love the space and the big sky. Because when you're in a city, you've got lots Mm. of resources and lots of creative arts. And to start with, I couldn't find those down here and I really missed them and I felt quite homesick. But then you go, there is just so much sky down here and so much you want to look at. And frankly, when we can earn a good living and have a good standard of life and a balance between work and home down here, what's not to love? Why aren't more people battering down the door? Well, I think they're beginning to. Mm. And the one thing the pandemic showed was the number of people who realised, actually, I can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So why do I want to commute into a smoky city on a crowded tube train when I can look out over the sea and enjoy? And I love that expression, the big sky. I've never heard that before about the South. I shall use that. (laughs) Claim it's my own. (laughs) knock yourself out (laughs) thank you for joining us Catherine it's been brilliant to talk to you and thank you to City Fibre for helping connect us all and for engaging with the Chamber we really appreciate it thank you Catherine Esky-Smith it's a pleasure thank you if you're not already a Chamber member and you'd like to join membership starts from as little as £245 per annum plus VAT your business can gain yearly benefits in excess of £2,200 Check out the membership section at devonchamber.co.uk. Be part of something bigger and join today to connect, grow and succeed with the Devon and Plymouth Chamber. In Conversation With is produced by Fresh Air Studios. Full audio production services for podcasts, live links and corporate communications. Visit freshairstudios.com. Presented by Stuart Elford. Produced and engineered by...
by Paul Philpott. Edited and mixed by Martin Burgess-Moon. Production support by Lisa Hartwell. Copyright Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce and Fresh Air Studios Limited. All rights reserved. <laughs>